and welcome back to Game Bites, a podcast where we talk about games, past, present, and future. I'm yours, Brian Rooney, and uh, I like to keep these intros awkward, so I got two big Star Wars fans, Anthony and Al. Both say hi. Hi. <laughs> I win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> so we're talking Star Wars Squadrons, as we kind of alluded at last week <laughs> during our game mm. of the year. Uh, two and a half of us played it. That's right. I think that's fair. Half of me played it. That's that's accurate. <laughs> Which half? Hmm. The upper half. I was going to say, is this like more left-right type of half? Or just like more a collection of the cells within you of an undetermined location? It's a, it's a bottom half fish situation. <laughs> What's that John Mulaney skit about like cutting the baby in half? Like, I want the top half. Like, what, what, Do you remember that? Or am I crazy? Was that Mulaney? I don't know. I actually, I don't want to go down this road again. We just went down a really crazy a, road, that Al. That might actually be here. a Tosh thing. <laughs> you know what? Ask Al the quote that we were trying to figure out, and then after yeah. he says yes or no, then we'll get to our our Star Wars Squadrons talk. If he says yes or no to what? If does he knows he know where it? it is, yeah. Oh, Al, the quote is: "He's never even been to Canada. How is that possible? Drunk on a bet, you make it to Canada." Uh no, it's not ringing a bell. Hi. What's it from? That's what we were trying to figure out. Leave that out there for the for the listeners. Just drive them absolutely mad. We'll tell you after the show. (laughs) Rob Rob in Detroit is probably yelling at us right now. He knows the answer. I don't think he found the show yet. We haven't got any hate mail to gamebites at spinchoon.com. I'm I'm sure you can email him. Do we? I don't even know if I have access to that email. What email was that? Let's get on to the show. Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, I have a very big problem with the game. Um, it slipped Makes onto our sick. game of the year. It was number four on our site's game of the year. <laughs> it snuck into the list purely on the backs of it's the only full game that I played that was released in 2020. <laughs> Brian's like, Bleh, I love it. I, I did love it. I loved it when I started it. Uh, and w- when you first load in, you sit in the cockpit, like it's, it looks amazing. Like it it's does. like your, your star Wars wet dreams, like being in there is great. But then you start moving. I don't know. You both got weird faces. on. <laughs> you know what you did. I know what I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so once, once you start moving in that game, now I guess I should say like, it's also compatible in VR. So a lot of the movements, I guess, like translate to like a VR kind of movement, like it, the way it is. Like so, it's first person, but it's not like your typical first person. Like, like it's weird. Like you could tell, like it's designed for VR. And right. I, it co- I, it was co-developed with VR in mind. It was not slapped on. The VR mode was not slapped on because they wanted to do it as a gimmicky thing. I would argue with that in mind, but it was also always designed to be played on a console, normal console as well. I, I would argue it was. The being playable on a regular console was slapped on because Hmm. like the moments in between missions, like when you're in like the, just like the hangar talking to people, like that's designed for VR. For sure. Yeah. Like you're not walking around, you're just pointing and clicking and then getting some dialogue. Like I I would almost argue that was a VR exclusive and they're like, we're not going to make money. We need to make it playable. Kind of piggybacking off of the little bit that I talked about in the last episode. um, What seems to have been tacked on was just the whole idea of having a story. So 
from that perspective, mm. like having like interstitial like cutscenes of we're gonna do some exposition and have a chance to meet these characters and talk about the story outside of like combat and cutscenes in between that. That's the whole that whole suite of things together feels like it was kind of slapped together um, for better or worse because uh, it's fine for what it is. It's just uh, uh, ultimately, as far as a Star Wars story. It's not particularly strong. It's by design because they don't want to make any waves with it. I my problem with the story is it's the same writers that did Battlefront Two, um, like which I have a problem with them. Like the story of Battle, Battlefront Two, I thought was fine, but well, it's it, a lot of th- the same people. It's EA Motive, which was formed in that time and reformed from parts of some of the Bioware studios that were shuttered and restructured. Because Ian S. Frazier was the lead on this game, and he was the second guy um, at Bioware Montreal when they made Mass Effect Andromeda. So like, he's been in the Bioware EA halls for quite well, some time now. What I'm getting at, though, is like I feel like it's almost the same telling. And I haven't finished the campaign because my motion sickness, but I feel like it's almost the same kind of story as Battlefront 2. Like, bad that goes good. Like, I, I don't it no. didn't really get me. Well, there's just that one very specific character that does that. Yeah, it's, again, I didn't. I wasn't able to get that deep. I only got halfway through the campaign, and I, I gave up because I, I couldn't play it. Well, what level of spoilers are we getting into, or is this like a oh, eventually we'll do a veil? Like, what? How do you want to ha- purchase? I think we could just go full spoiler for this. I don't think it's like a super heavy narrative game that people be pissed if we say you know. Darth Vader's in there. Who cares? I, yeah. I'm, so here's obviously, I'm just using a weird Star Wars example. But. So here's what I'll say: having played as the only person of the three of us who's played through the whole campaign, the story is totally inessential to the actual canon of Star Wars. It does not like deeply impact anything because at the end of it, the whole game ends up. Anthony, I hope you don't mind. Brian, I know you don't. No, mind. it's fine. The whole game is centered around the burgeoning New Republic. The, you know, the remnants of the rebellion trying to build a super weapon to level a playing field between them and what's left of the Imperials. Um, this super weapon is a massive like dreadnought that can, it's got the most insane tractor beam of all time that can also have reverse polarity. So it can pull and push and all that. And it can like totally like disrupt entire fleet movements and all that. Um, so spoiler alert, that ship gets destroyed at the end of the game. So it really doesn't matter. Hmm. Now, uh, during our game of the year talk, you had said that there's a mechanic that they throw at you once. And I wanted to ask then, but I, I, I held back. What is well, it? But before we do that, please tell me the one that you had an issue with, because I'd be curious to see what that was. Okay. So some of my, my problems with the game, like I, I, motion sickness was, was the biggest one. Like I, I can only play it in short intervals because I would just get motion sick. And I know that is a me problem. No, and by the like, way, I had it too to a lesser degree than you. Like, it would be certain missions or at certain times, because, like, there's some days where I really didn't have an issue at all. There'd be somewhere after playing for 20 minutes, I just need to get up and, like, walk around for a minute, and then I'd sit back down and I'd be fine. Yeah. But I do get motion sickness from some games. This one flirted with, the like, the, the very edge of one I get it from, but thankfully I managed it pretty well, and I just tried to keep my sessions relatively short. I this was the first game that I got uh, motion sickness from. Like, I get it on buses and trains and stuff, but never a game. But I have never done VR because I know I would get sick. 
Uh, yeah, I've never but, tried it. I'm sure it would affect me that way as well. Me and Anthony talked about in the past. I dropped Quantum Break entirely because the prologue of that game, which you're doing nothing, just walking around, was making me sick. <laughs> That's actually uh, on my backlog to play. I never. I, I like. Um, I like the developer. I like that. I game. like Remedy, but I never played that game. I love the I'm idea of Quantum Break about it. and seeing some clips of like the gameplay. It looked super cool. I was really excited to play that, and it just messed me up so much. I was kind of intimidated to go back to it. Yeah, but so with with squadrons, like like I said, I had a lot of problems. But the problem that that you're asking about, uh, I had said that I got stuck in a weird checkpoint loop, and I had to reload the mission. It was mm. like mission five or six where. You had to protect ships from missiles being shot down from a different ship. You had to shoot the missiles as they were coming down, oh. and it it I I didn't really see it at first because I go like, oh shoot the missiles and I was looking in the wrong direction and I just see the missiles hitting the ship. I'm like, how am I supposed to shoot them? And then when I realized, oh yeah, turn around, idiot! Like the ship was already fucked and game over. So I, I reloaded the checkpoint and it kept reloading me. Looking at the ship, I had to protect as the missiles were hitting it. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> weird place for that checkpoint to be showing up. <laughs> so I had to start the whole mission, and that was towards the end of that mission too. And the missions are—they're not long, but they're long enough where you're ready for them to be over. At least I felt anyway. Some of them are longer than others. There are some that I thought were perfect length of those. I don't know if you got to that one because I kind of forget the specific order of it. Mm. But the the Y wing mission where you get to do like the bombing run on like the mini trench thing. That was a super cool mission. And I don't think I did that one quick. That one I really enjoyed just because of how it took the idea of like a trench bombing run type thing. It, it, it combined the trench run aspect of like X wing, like flying on the dark, like on the death star, like the first death star with a bombing strafing aspect of the Y wing. Uh, And it totally flipped it on its head, literally and metaphorically because you are attacking this, space station and it's like a listening post or whatever you have to destroy like the signal dishes and a couple other things so you you know swoop in you drop some proton bombs swoop out fight some fighters that are attacking you swoop in that's all good and well and then it's like okay now you have to attack these i forget what the components were called on the sides of this ring on the inner ring of the space station i was like okay cool fly into the inner ring the thing you have to hit is actually around the ring itself so you have to turn yourself 90 degrees and fly. Oh, that's around. cool. It was that's actually really cool. super cool. <laughs> that's really cool. I had a lot of fun I like with that. that. And then after all of that, you open up the thing and you actually get to do a mini version of Death Star 2 where you fly into the actual ship itself and blow something up inside and then race out before the thing blows up. So that was a really fun so mission. Is that is that a mini version of Death Star 2 or is that the Skyhook mission? Uh, actually, I guess technically if you want to get like really <laughs> second about it, it'd be similar to Skyhook. Nice. Uh, actually, there was one later on that was infuriating to me because they did not describe well enough how to do it. Where, again, you have to go into a ship. This one was a much more longer form. So it was, hmm. I guess, whether you want to say Skyhook or Death Star 2, whatever, like like a longer form. You're going inside of this ship to blow it up and you're flying around in it and this and that. And then did you guys see Mission? Well, I guess, Anthony, I know you already saw it. Did you guys see, um, I think it was Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation? No, I, I only saw the first two. Okay. I was out. You remember, Anthony, you remember the scene where he has to go inside of that like water thing and he has to like go around, like the, the current is yeah. pushing him around. You have to do yeah, that. The Royal in- Flush. Yeah, the Royal Flush. <laughs> you have to do that inside of uh, some sort of ship or space station. I actually don't even remember what it was inside of. 
um, and like blow up these components while this thing is buffeting you around. And if you bang against the walls too much, you'll blow up. But it actually oh, cool. ends up becoming kind of manageable. Like, it's not too bad. But what happens after that is there's like this whole thing where there's a pre- pressure differential and it's going to shoot you out of it. And you have to line up your ship with it and then steer along the pressure pushing you out of the thing as the whole ship is blowing up around. And mm. I died doing that about 15 times. <laughs> um, mm. And I tried all different sorts of things. I tried boosting. I tried not boosting. I tried steering. I tried whatever, blah, blah, blah. So it turns out, after looking it up online, you know how you get past that sequence? By putting the controller down. Huh. That's <laughs> infuriating to me. <laughs> now, it only happened one time. It's whatever. They were like, make sure you steer and stay in the current. I was like, okay, I'm going to fucking white knuckle this bitch, right? Like, nope. Yeah, I don't think I would have figured that out. <laughs> what? That's an interesting phrase. <laughs> yeah. No, I literally put the controller down to avoid temptation, and I survived. Nice. Uh, Good to know. So there's what well, if you want to talk about the one mission that I found to be borderline impossible, I had to actually reset it and I had to restart the mission and choose a different ship to do it um, with a different loadout of like components was later in the game was one of the last couple of missions uh, when you're on the Imperial side, Titan squadron, um, you have a fleet of Republic ships coming through and you're going to lay a trap in this graveyard of ships and asteroids from some long lost battle type of thing. And there's these like, I think there were power cells or whatever, something like that, like some big ship components that were like, that were, I don't know if it was like a battery type thing or if it was a fuel cell or whatever, I forget exactly what it was floating in this thing from all these ships that had been destroyed. Um, And so before the Republic ships get there, you and your squadron are going to race around this thing, scan these fuel cells the active ones you're going to activate, the inert ones you're going to shoot so that they you don't see them anymore, like you're not distracted by them, whatever, right? Because they're going to launch this fucking convoy of like cruisers and dreadnoughts through here. You do not have enough time to shoot them all down conventionally. In fact, you don't have enough time to shoot hardly any of them. The only way to kill all of them is when they get close enough to one of these fuel cells, you shoot the fuel cell and it'll either blow up the ship or do a huge damage and then you have another opportunity to blow it up, whatever. So I was like, okay, kind of an interesting little thing. Let's give it a shot. Race around, scanning. They launch some fucking fighters. You shoot them all down. You know, okay, like the big ships are coming through. We'll alert you when they get close to a thing. I was like, okay, that makes things easier. So I'm racing around. Okay, let me shoot this thing. Blow up a couple ships. Shoot another one of them. Blow up a couple ships. Great. I'm getting lit up. And now it's like, I've become disoriented and I can't really find the... Oh, so you felt like me? You became disoriented? That's how I got a few minutes in. <laughs> yeah, like you're like, okay, I don't know what like the threshold of they're not allowed to pass because I failed the mission. Let's try it again. Doing it. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. Take them all out after a couple of tries. I was like, okay, difficult, but doable. Whatever. Second wave. I was like, fuck, come on. <laughs> and now they're giving you less than half the time to scan a whole new batch of these things. What I remember, that happened a lot. I feel like you were in a dogfight with a lot of people, and then as soon as you killed the last one, it's like, oh, more incoming. I feel like they did that a lot. Sure, uh, which isn't uncommon for that sort of game, honestly. No. Um, But but when it's conventional conventional dogfighting stuff, really not that big of a deal. When it's this specific thing, and it's not... Because, you know, a lot of times, like, okay, more ships coming in. You have as long as you need to kill them. In this case, there is a race against the clock aspect. And... Like, each wave that they do this, there's more 
like eyewash that's going on. There's more fighters. There's more ships. They, they're attacking you in new ways. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, look, here's that big fucking dreadnought now. And it's, it's all this stuff. And it's just, I didn't have the right ship with the right components to do it. And so I bashed my head against that wall for like 10 straight times. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm starting from the, from scratch with a new fucking ship now. And I, mm. I did that and I took me two tries and I got it. And I was like, okay, but this is an insane mechanic. So again, I didn't finish it. So I didn't see that mission. I played, I want to say it's six missions, so like halfway through. And my two biggest problems were the actual combat itself was difficult but not like in a bad way like i felt like it was tough sometimes to get my shots but i i just felt it's a problem that a lot of games of this nature have when it came down to not many people left like i felt like i was just flying around trying to find them for a while and you could target them and then try to cat like catch up to where they are or angle myself to where they are it got frustrating when it was down to not that many fighters left see and i never then, had that issue because i thought the targeting system worked really well so i I don't know. I guess that's a matter of personal. Preference. This could also still be a me problem of me just not playing correctly. Like I, I could admit that. Mm. Like I, maybe. And then after you get them, it's like, oh, you have to get to this like waypoint where it's always so far away, and you just fly <laughs> straight, and it just feels like you're standing still. Like Are I felt like it had a boost. Yeah, even when when I would I think like redirect everything better. to boost. I felt like I was never going fast. That would probably feel better in VR because you could probably just take that time to like look around. Yeah, well, that's also another problem I have is you can't really look around the cockpit because your right mm-hmm. stick is your aim. So it's not like you can look around. And when the game came out, I was listening to podcasts. You, you can look around. Say what? You can look around yeah. the cockpit. Uh, how? Well, I forget because it's been like probably six weeks since I picked up the game, but like I forget if you have to like click in one of the sticks and then like there is a, <sighs> there's a free look mechanic. Because <laughs> you can actually turn 180 degrees and look at the back of your fucking cockpit. Yeah, that's what I was getting at here is <laughs> when it came out, like I heard people talking about the VR portion of it about how they would turn around and see things behind. I'm like, well, I can't turn around playing on a controller. I guess you could. No, don't get me wrong. In the middle of like a dogfight, it's really hard to do because there's just so much like sensory. Yeah, and in VR, it's easy to look over yeah. your shoulder but, and like, see. You can physically do it. Like there is a way to do it. Don't quote me on the specific button, but there oh. is a way to do it. God damn it! <laughs> I guess <laughs> I should have researched like, when, that. When we talked about this a couple of months ago, I was like, it feels like. So, and it's hard because we're like messaging like half ass at different times or whatever. Like, right. It feels like some of the issues you have is because you don't 100% know how to play the game. <laughs> you have to double, you have to double tap the right stick. Yeah. I was like, uh, there was some weird thing to do with the stick that you could do it. And double tap like, the right stick. That does not come natural. No it, no, it wasn't. I didn't hardly ever do it because honestly, I didn't ever feel like I really, really needed to. Like, I would have liked like, to done it just to look around like the cockpit. It was nice for that. Like you could do it like at the beginning and end of missions much easier yeah. because you're not like, managing. or, you know, when you're flying those super long straight lines to the next waypoint. Well, that's what I meant was because <sighs> a lot of those tended to be like beginning and end of missions. But the other thing is they use that opportunity. Now, if you want to call it a slightly clunky mechanic, fine, but it's hard to have really deep storytelling in the middle of a fucking dogfight. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the exposition obviously happens. And so that's why that long travel is and sure clunky, but like it's to get some exposition. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it looks like you could hold it or double tap it, depending on how you have it set up. I'm past Sorry. this now. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I get that. But I just 
I felt like it happened too often. It went on too long where I, I think a game like that, if they lower your sound effects briefly to bring in like communications from someone, like I feel like that would work too. Yeah. But like, I'm honestly like, I, I also had like the like subtitles on too. And it's like, I, even when they were telling me like mission critical things, I was having trouble keep track of those because there's just yeah. so many inputs between like what you see on the screen, what you have to do with your hands to like fly straight and do what you're trying to do. Yeah. I, I thought like the flying mechanics I thought were cool. And I really liked how you can put your power to different areas. Like I thought that was cool. Like, all right, I'm going to put it to my blasters. I'll put it to my shield, but honestly, even when I would put it to speed, that was what? So honestly, that blew my mind a little bit. The, the yeah. Like that was really that cool. That. Cause it worked really well, like that. except when it was to go to speed. I never felt like I was going fast. Like the I boost mean, and stuff. Even when you used like the tie defender and the, I the never whichever ever felt fast in that game. <laughs> I guess. How do you make speed in a game in open space? Like I get that, but I just I, I never felt like I was really flying. I was like, because there's definitely times when you're flying like near a thing, like whether it be like towards or away from or like adjacent to like a star destroyer, say, or mm. just massive parts of the map that are like available, like when you're like in one of those like ship graveyards or something like that. Um, you when you have a point of reference, you feel fast. But yeah, like there's times when you're like doing quick turns of direction and this and that, like that. Sometimes you do feel lost because it's just an, like an ocean of black around you. Right. But to me, I, I'm only measured it in relation to what I saw on the screen, like whether it be friends, foes, or like set pieces around me. I didn't have an issue with that. There were certain specific times, but it was the ones where you're really truly left kind of like in, like in the middle of nowhere that it shows up in. For, for me, my issues really became prominent. It was about like mission four or so, and that's when they started locking on missiles to you, and you had to do evasive maneuvers to get it off. Mm. Oh, that was so much fun. I, I bet it was. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it. That that's when I really felt nauseous. Wanted to do those evasive mm. maneuvers. Well, the nausea thing I could totally see being an issue, but actually, some of the times where like the speed thing, I actually thought showed up because as you do, I. Ha- I- I literally had to look away from my screen a lot of times to try to do evasive maneuvers. Honestly, I wouldn't track those things very much visually when I was playing. It was more based on my internal clock and the sound effects that they use around because like you get they do a pretty good job of letting you know when missile lock is starting, when the like the launch is away, and then you kind of have an internal clock as to when you should be like doing like a hard right angle and or like dumping like chaff or something like that and I hardly ever got hit by missiles. I got hit all the time because I couldn't evade them. <laughs> but like, cause like it didn't really matter which direction you evaded in. So like you honestly could do it without looking. Well, that's what I tried to do, but I, I was just, I was getting so frustrated because I wanted, well, first off, I had a real bad experience getting the game and I, I signed up for EA access last year for Jedi Fallen Order because you're supposed to get a 10 hour trial. And they had said, you're going to get the trial for Jedi Fallen Order. Like when it first was announced, then they redacted that. And I didn't know. So I had got the service just for that, not knowing that they already pulled back on that offer. So the game came out, no trial. I was pissed. Forgot to cancel EA access as I normally do. But then Squadrons is coming out and they said there's going to be a trial. Then they said there's not going to be a trial. Then they said there's going to be a trial. 
and then the day the game comes out and there's no trial um the internet people are talking about there's no trial then people are putting links to an article saying no there's not going to be a trial so i buy the game because i really wanted to play it and i just i was trying to force myself to like it and i couldn't but as soon as i downloaded the game that's when the trial apparently popped (laughs) but because (laughs) i downloaded the game I'm sure this this has now changed with Cyberpunk, but because I downloaded the game, I couldn't refund it. So oh. I, I was I was very angry. Well, this is a good up. time because we've kind of sidelined you in this discussion, Anthony. You only played the trial, so let us yeah, know right. in more detail what exactly you got to do. Oh, what uh, with the first mission? Okay, and then you can go to the multiplayer. You can't continue the the single player. So, did you play any of the multiplayer or no? No, I didn't. I was not prepared. I also wasn't that interested. I wanted to. All I wanted to do was play through um, the campaign, like the the campaign. Yeah, but I, like I said uh, last week, uh, is th- like now. Like I'm kind of interested in getting into it, uh, just because I want more Star Wars stuff right now. Mm. Um, one thing that does not that I don't love is I'm not a big fan of first person piloting anything I'm in not video either. games, like. Even, like cars. Well, when you're playing spaceships. Cyberpunk, did you switch your camera view in the car to be third person? Yeah, I tried so hard not to. I finally gave in and changed it. I I put it into first person for a second, or or I think in the very first, the first time you get in the car, I think it's in that, mm-hmm. and I wasn't I wasn't happy with. I again, I still like it doesn't work for me. It doesn't. It's it's too unnatural because there's something about not being able to move your head. That yeah. breaks that experience. If if this were if I were playing in VR, I think I would love that. But I mean, I prefer. Play, third I want to play outside of the vehicle. I prefer playing third person for piloting and for shooters and stuff like that. So like, mm. I totally am with you. It was definitely an adjustment for me with this. Uh, I wish I would have been able to make use of a little bit more of the free look. But the thing is, most of the time, the cockpit windows are within your field of view anyway. There's only very very small amounts on the margin that really matters. So. It just comes down to you trying to get a feel for the ships, which to give you a good opportunity to do throughout the course of it. Because like you'll have something like the, the TIE Reaper where your pilot seat is offset from center, and so you have to get used to flying that way. And, I mean, it's not like a huge, huge adjustment. You're only off by degrees. But still, mm-hmm. like it is a little bit different. I, I bumped into things a couple times with that <laughs> um, when trying yeah. to pilot it in more like close quarters. But... I, not I not to interrupt you, uh, I don't want to forget because I wanted to bring this up and I already forgot once. Uh, was it immersion breaking for you? You fly into something full speed, you don't blow up? Um, not really because I felt like I needed that bumper. Early well, on. yeah, like, I needed it too, but also I feel like everything said I should have blew up. Why didn't I blow up? Yeah, well, I will say that when I was going through it, I was like, before I hit anything, I was like, oh my god, the stakes are so high. And then I just rammed into a wall and bounced off of it, and I goes, oh, I, I guess they're not that high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but you didn't explode, which is what should have happened. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I guess maybe you can make an argument to some extent, like at least for like Republic ships, like you do have some shields, so like, Sure. That would give you some cushion. But um, on the other hand, and it's like a very subtle thing that you have to learn how to do, and it's a huge part of the multiplayer, actually, which is it took me a while to learn that, and I only played a handful of matches. So, like, it's something I really don't have actually a full snapshot of, unfortunately, for this episode. I wish I did. But you can actually make use of flying super close to capital ships inside of their shield jacket. 
Like you can. Ah, that's cool. You get shielded by their shield. Yes, you could fly if you're a Tie Fighter and you fly Ooh. super close to your Star Destroyer. You can get inside their shields and nothing can touch you. Um, and conversely, if you're a Republic ship, you can fly inside the shields of that Star Destroyer and light it up, and they can't hit you. That's awesome. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. See, like, but that that type of stuff, like, what I love about, like, older, like, Rogue Squadron or, like, Jedi Starfighter, things like that, like, I enjoyed that third-person view and trying to get as close as possible to things just for the fun of it because I liked maneuvering the ship and getting, like, real close and getting really good at piloting it. But I never felt, I it never feel, I never liked doing that while inside the ship. It, it's a learning curve, but you do get that by the end of even just the campaign. Like, I felt it, and, like, it would take me a while to get back into it a little bit. I would have some muscle memory, but, like, not having played it in, like, almost two months, like, I would have some issue getting right back in and being able to do it. But, like, I was starting to feel good at just, like, the pilot. Unlimited like, power. You know I mean, like, yeah, I was feeling unlimited power. Like, if you, like, <laughs> Anthony, you definitely didn't get the opportunity to do it. Brian, I don't remember if you got to. When you learn how to do the full speed oh yeah flip oh my god it's so fucking unbelievable like you could just spend 10 minutes doing that back and forth doing nothing else and and i did because i kept failing the tutorial to do it brian can he's throwing up all over the cockpit (laughs) i I kept failing oh Oh, it was kind of tough to learn how to do it like repeatedly but once i did i was like oh this is badass because it requires a little bit of like finagling because you got to dump full power to the the jet I, i didn't get much past that that's about where i checked out well, there is one mission, right, where it literally ends with, hey, we just did a great job and we have some time. Why don't you learn how to, like, fucking drift in space? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I did that. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and I, I remember I'll trying it eight times, couldn't get it. And I was like, this is really fucking stupid. Oh, God, I did it. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I wish. I don't even know. I, I, I think a third person option probably would have helped me in my motion sickness. Like, I wish it would have been there. Sure. Right. Uh, that just goes back to I feel like this was a VR game that they just slapped on a non-VR mode to. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's always a choice. The point is like you're either way you're looking at it first person. You know, like the screen is I guess closer to your eyes, but like I don't know. I felt like I was in a cockpit playing this game. So I mean, for me, like the immersion was there. No, no, I, I, I'm not arguing that. I feel like that's just going more to the point that this was a VR game that they said, we're not going to make our money. Let's make it playable elsewhere. Sure. But like it, they did it right. Like it didn't feel half-assed like in like the way that like cyberpunk does versus like doing console versus PC. Well, it feels half-assed to the point where like someone like me that gets motion sickness, third person mode would alleviate that. Someone like Anthony that wants to play that in third person would have had a better time with it. And I feel like, if you're not making a VR game, you have those options. Like you brought mm-hmm. up cyberpunk, like cyberpunk is a first person game. But when you get in a car, you could switch to the third person. If you don't want to do first, uh, most racing games, you have the opportunity to go first person or third. I feel like that option is always there unless right. it's a VR game. Then you only have the one option. I mean, I don't see why they couldn't, if they, I mean, it, it felt like this was a specific choice they made that they did. Like this is, you are a like, all of the marketing is you are a pilot, you are a pilot, you are a pilot. You will be in this cockpit. So I, it just feels like they just didn't want to. I, it also, I mean, to be perfectly honest, based on the way that the, the HUD is, you would not be able to play this game if you're third person. That 
That's true, I guess, because you know, the shields and all the... Yeah, everything is there. I, I get that. It. It's all on the display, and I do not have the bravery to do it. I would have to play this game way too much to do it. I think it's super cool that they give you the option that you could just turn the HUD off completely and play with instruments. That is pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. I I, I, get, I, I guess, but... So that makes sense. But, uh, you could still figure it out, though, to give options. No, they, there's there's places that it could be put on the screen. Um, you could do it third. You could do it in third person. Sure, and I'm since just saying, they, I'm just they, saying, they didn't. Like, they're making. I, I'm going to say an artistic choice in this case. This is the experience that they are crafting, and you can engage with it or not. I I do think that they have you fooled. I think that I do think that it was. A second, like a, a second thought, putting it on the console. I think that it, it it does feel it feels like it is meant for VR. It feels like it actually feels like it's meant for um, like one of those actual arcade cabinet like VR. Oh, like, I'm not fooled. I absolutely setups. think that VR it was their primary goal. I, I think it was think their only goal. Yeah. Until well, it was their only goal, that's all it would have been. And the first playing it with a controller would suck. Playing with a controller does not suck. So it, it may have been their secondary goal. But it was always a major part of the design. No, I don't, I don't think playing with a controller would suck because the well, how modern else do you VR, play VR console <laughs> is with a standard a standard controller input, so it wouldn't have been much different. Just the looking is different. I, I guess I don't yeah. know. I mean, I I haven't. I mean, played it, 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 the other I haven't played it in the other format, so I, I I feel like we're all speaking out of school because none of us. Have, oh, sure. I don't know. Yeah, none none of us know for sure. Uh, yeah. it, it easily could have been an artistic choice. They could have been like, we put all this work into the cockpit. That's all they're going to see. That easily could be it. I mean, when you I, look at the level of the detail of the cockpit, uh, it feels like that is the case for the I, most part. Where I'm coming from is they made a VR add-on to Battlefront 2, which was very popular, and a lot of people liked it. So I could see them saying, let's mm. make this into a game. And then them putting more time, money, and resources into it than they originally wanted to, and then be thinking we're not going to recoup the cost. Let's make it available everywhere. That that's what I think is is very probable for a timeline for Squadrons. I suppose. But um, again, I'm speaking totally out of my ass. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I wanted to get back to something that Anthony had mentioned in the past, though, and some today um, about like only getting the opportunity and not hooking you on the prologue. I was not hooked after playing the prologue. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't let you do anything. Like they put the ultimate training wheels. You're in a Tie Fighter. You're in an X-wing. They don't give you components. They barely give you control of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually like vaguely difficult to do. At least in some of the sections where you're in like closer space, like when you're up like patrolling around like that station and everything like that. Um, I kept crashing into things because I was really struggling to learn <laughs> like controlling pitch and yaw versus you know propulsion mm-hmm. and all that and. The combat is slow. I was like, um, this is a lot to learn, and I'm not super excited by this. Um, but by playing the next two missions, I was like, yep, no, I'm in. Totally in. That's um, really bizarre yeah. to me that they, they gated the trial to basically just the multiplayer. Because it's supposed to just mm-hmm. be you download the game, but there's a restriction of how long you could have that game launch. That's how every other yeah. trial for EA that I at least have, have played has been. I've well, never seen it gated like that. I could understand if they didn't want to just give you the whole campaign because they want you to play the multiplayer, but like I would have said, okay, let's maybe well, arbitrarily say you can play half the campaign. In their defense, I am compelled to buy it to finish it, whereas I probably would have finished it in the 10 hours that I had it. Yeah, but their their goal is to keep you for the multiplayer anyway, so if, if you, mm-hmm. you want to play 10 hours in the campaign and then you don't get enough time to do the multiplayer, that's what they want you to buy it for, to play yeah. the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And because Although- you... 
you really are not going to learn how to play the game just from playing the prologue. As I said in the past, I forget if I actually said on this episode or not. The whole campaign is just the tutorial for you to learn how to play yeah. for multiplayer. So mm. it would be weird to, in the act, the all access, whatever, to give you ten hours and nine of them multiplayer, one hour or less on campaign. You don't know how to play now. Let's just dump you into this multiplayer. Yeah, I, I like that I just seem like a way to sell you on the game. I don't. I, I think maybe you're right. Like you know, ten hours enough for the campaign. They want you to buy it, so why give you that access? But also mm. like. I'm just or shocked. Or give me like the first three missions or something. Or at least yeah. let me go that far. I'm shocked it's only the prologue, but I'm even more shocked there's no microtransactions at all in this game. And they said there's not going to be. I know they had the whole debacle of Battlefront 2 and they're still recovering from that. But I feel like you mm-hmm. could have easily monetized this game in a non-egregious way. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have a problem with a game offering something like skins or whatever. Like when Not you, me either. When you have like serious material ability to play the game totally locked behind paying additional money when you've already paid full price for a game. Right. That is beyond absurd. And then when on top of that, the the fact that it's a loot box, you can't even like pay for what you actually want. Right. That beyond egregious. So yeah, I don't have issue with skins, but like I'm shocked they didn't have skins or banners, like nothing. Oh, and by the way, Financially and critically and from the community, this game has been such a success that they did a DLC that was in no way, shape, or form planned, and they released two additional ships and an additional map. It was the prologue map for multiplayer play. They released the B-Wing. They released the TIE Defender. Was that what it was? The three-winged one from Rebels? Sounds right. The one with all the triangles? Yes. That's TIE Defender. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying this game isn't a success like i i do know i i knew a couple of people who played this and they were heavy into multiplayer games and they ran out of content very quickly like it got very repetitive so i know that was an issue at least certain people in the community were having like there wasn't a lot there but also it was a budget title like it only was 40 dollars at its full price which to so, me i felt there was a lot of bang for buck in this i would not feel the same way i would if this was 65 dollars. well i i would like if I, I mean, I couldn't play the game because I got motion sick, but like, I feel like it was well made. So if this was a sixty dollars game, I wouldn't have a problem with that 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 price tag. Like, well, I, I mean, I, like, if you're going to be a multiplayer dominant game, like it's nice to have a little bit more variety to like your modes and like what options you have in that. And now the customization of like your ships is pretty insanely deep for the multiplayer. Like you only scratch the surface of that when you're playing right. the campaign. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking at the clock here. So I want to come to Anthony first, being that he said the least, which is partially our bad. Um, That's all good. So I know you I, like, I didn't have much to say on this one. Well, what are your, your closing thoughts to it? Like, you, do you think you're going to jump on a sale and try to play through this campaign? I, pro- I, I probably will. There'll be like, uh, there'll be a point where I'm sitting down to play a game and that's the kind of game that I'm interested in doing right now. And that's probably when I'll buy it. Well, actually, you know what? This will eventually come into like Game Pass proper, not just the uh, the EA trial. That's true. If that's the, I, I could I could totally wait. Yeah, I could see this getting there at some point soon, especially yeah. if you know the multiplayer community is the numbers are lower. Throw it on Game Pass, get people in. Right, right. Especially, yeah. And I don't really care when I play it. I would like to just go through it though. Yeah, I, I could see this at some point next year being. 
on Game Pass. Yeah. But you have any other thoughts the- on it though? Besides, you're eventually going to play it. <laughs> no, I. Uh, it's funny. Like for the longest time, I was like, man, I really want. I want like another Rogue Squadron like game. I want like another yeah. Jedi Starfighter game. And when it was announced and what I was seeing, I was like, oh, I was so excited when it was announced. I was ex- I was excited. And that's actually when some of the stuff about being in the cockpit only had come out. And I was like, I don't know that this is going to be it. And when I started playing it, I know it was only the prologue. I know I didn't get much of it. But I do know that it's not that. It's not what I was thinking or what I really wanted specifically. It's something different. And I think going back into it with that lens might do me better. Yeah, because mm. your your expectations are gone. Yeah, yeah. Preconception always is gonna fuck with your head. Mm-hmm. So Al, Al, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I'm kind of putting you on the spot for it. But if you were to rate this out of ten, where would you put it? Uh, probably like seven and a half. That's uh, a great number four in our top five list. Seven <laughs> and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an eight. Maybe an eight. Top four Maybe. game of the year, spintune.com. Maybe an eight. Listen, we already had that argument where we're not reopening the debate of grading and ranking and all that. <laughs> I don't know, man. That dice game is easily an eight, and it's rated lower on our list. <laughs> game of the year, Watch Dogs Legion. You know, I didn't actually <laughs> even want to move squadrons up to five. I would have been okay with having Valhalla dice at number four. <laughs> I, I want that to be the name of the game. Al, do you have uh, any closing thoughts on squadrons? Uh, no, when I have some free time after the football season ends, I'm going to love del- diving into this a little bit more deeply again and also catching up on the many TV shows that I'm behind on and also <laughs> playing more Fallen Order and Cyberpunk and Mass Effect. So, mm. yeah, my, my, my final thoughts are I wish I could play it. Like, I really just wish I could. I had, like I said, I had problems outside of just the motion sickness, where like I don't think it was necessarily a game for me. But I wish I could have saw it through to make that final right. judgment. Yeah. Well, Ant, what else you playing? Um, mostly cyberpunk. I also uh, I've been playing uh, a way out with B. Uh, when we get a chance to do that, I think we're probably halfway, if not three quarters of the way through that game. I, would I, assume that I we're... did say I had a good story about that. We'll, 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 we'll do that on an episode. We'll get him back on. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and occasionally Assassin's Creed. But dice game only. Dice Exclusively game only. dice game. No. Okay. Uh, all right. Short story time. Uh, I told this to Al once, I think, on a Flix episode. But a very ridiculous chain of events happen. <laughs> the All right. Mountain, the mountain. So <laughs> the mountain is part of it. So first off, this was the last time that I played Far Cry 5. I was playing. I took over uh, whatever those things are called. An outpost. And, and I, then so I just heard people just screaming and running in some direction. I was like, what's going on? And then one of them goes, bear. And then I just get attacked by a bear. And I was like, what just happened? I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not in the mood for this. And I switched over to Valhalla. And I was like, hmm, what am I going to do today? And I was like, there's this ridiculous looking mountain in front of me. And there's a mission up to like behind me. I was like, I think I'm just going to climb the mountain, explore a bit. And then I'm going to go to bed. So I climb the mountain. What's at the top of the mountain? Bears. <laughs> so I run away. <laughs> I run away to the other end of the mountain where the character goes, huh, who's that over there? And I start walking, I see a guy at the edge of the mountain, and I get there, 
And he says something along the lines of, uh, my, ki- my children won't bury me with my things, so I won't be able to take them into the afterlife with me. The only way to do it is if I were to sacrifice them now, I could have them in the afterlife. He's like, will you help me? I was like, okay. He's like, we just need to throw these boxes over the side. I was like, great. So I just start picking these boxes up. And as I'm throwing them over the side, he's telling me what's in them. I was like, he's telling me like these little stories. It's like, this is kind of fun and silly and mundane. And mundane. And I, I, I'm just like doing it. And I, I'm like kind of zonked out, throwing these things off. And then uh, she goes, the character, she goes, oh, I guess that's it. And she goes, he goes, the other guy's like, oh, no, that's not it. He's like, that's just the beginning. That was welcoming my arrival. That was uh, announcing my arrival. And then he yells, uh, f- what is it? For Asgard, and he runs, and he jumps off the mountain, and as he's flying down, he, he you hear in the distance, thank you. <laughs> and then, I was like, that was weird. Uh, now I'm standing at the top of this mountain, which I was trying to get to the other side of, and I have to climb down. So I climb all the way down the mountain, and I see a bunch of boxes on the floor. And then I turn around, and there's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this game? And then I called my boat. We sang a few songs as we sailed. And uh, and then I went to sleep. Have you heard about the nudist colony? No. <laughs> Apparently, there you run into a, a nudist and like you have to go somewhere and steal everyone's clothes. Like another weird side mission like that. That, that game's got a lot of cool stuff like that. I, I'm all for the weirdness in that game for yeah. sure. And then, oh, I also found out in that game, it was like, I wonder, like, how how complicated does this get? Like, I understand, like, there's supposed to be, like, areas where there's, like, people that are really high level. Um, I guess I stumbled upon one of those where it was just, like, it was, like, a, a challenge. I took it up, and I just got, like, punched, and I died. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm not, not ready for this, I guess. In that game. It took me a while to beat that that guy that, I guess, spoilers for the opening, killed your father. That's right. That's right. I uh, that he. I actually. I think I'm actually decent at the combat in that game. I was. I, I had no problem with that, and I. I was uh, drawing on some experience with uh, uh, Fallen Order, and I was like doing a lot of you know dodging and. Yeah, you know, I was never good stuff. at the Fallen Order combat either. Mm, mm. Yeah, you got to be good at that to enjoy that game. Unfortunately, so I don't know that you will enjoy it if you get back into it. <laughs> I'm gonna get back into it, but I just I got a laundry list of games ahead of it. Sure. Well, Al, I know what your answer is, but what are you playing? Uh, well, literally today, a couple of hours of Cyberpunk, as well as a couple of yeah. hours of Mass Effect 2. Al's playing that that solid 15 FPS version of Cyberpunk on his base Xbox One. You know, actually, I haven't really had any issues with like frame rate or texture pop. Which is nice. Okay. The, That's like surprising. Said, yeah, no, the only issue that I... This... Honestly, this Xbox is been a horse. I have not had any issues with it at all. It'll surely die mm. tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, We just see a little bit of smoke behind Al's head. <laughs> yeah, um, but... Uh, <laughs> no, um, the old, like I said earlier when we were doing the... Uh, or last week, I guess, when we were doing <laughs> the game of the year episode. I met, it was earlier today. Who cares? It was, it was like an hour and a half ago. Um when we were, when I was doing, uh, I, I ran into two random glitches. One hilarious, not that big of a deal. That uh, during the tutorial mission, they asked me to beat the crap out of someone with my combat 
skills that I just learned. And he immediately just played, like fell limp and played dead. And I was like, okay. And I just, but I don't think that has to do with it being the base Xbox. I feel like it's just a buggy game. No, that's just no, sure. That's, that's my point is like, I my issues haven't been console specific. They've been, I I also think a lot of people are babies and it probably isn't as bad. hundred percent. As it's 100%. made hundred percent. Like, oh, so frames drop a decent amount when there's a lot of things going on screen. Get over it. Like, well, well, listen, well I, I will s- say. I saw a video of someone whose face, like, didn't exist, and then, the, like, the face popped <laughs> in, and I'm like, okay, like, that's annoying, but it really doesn't affect the game materially. But then I heard about people who were getting killed by falling cars, and, like, okay, that affects the game. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. You need to send us that, that video clip, Ant. Yeah, I, I, I got to figure out what's up. I guess I have to go on my Xbox and choose to have it uploaded because it's not on the app. But uh, that that was fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, I will say, though, the I, I have it. I went to the settings because I wanted to see, like, what kind of differences I could make visually. And I, I flipped it from performance to resolution mm-hmm. and I couldn't play it. It was too it was too like, I guess, after being on the performance mode. Yeah, where it was very smooth. It was a noticeable change when I flipped it to resolution mode. I, I didn't change any of the settings, but again, I'm, I'm playing it on, on Google Stadia, which has been getting positive press for the way it performs on there. But people on, on Reddit have been saying, oh, change this, change that. It makes it run even smoother, but I haven't had any problems. Mm. Um, I did see a video someone posted. I'm not going to explain what the video is at this point. Uh, I'll tell you guys off air when you get there. It's a, a pretty major spoiler that's like an emotional spoiler early on that was glitched in just the funniest of ways i felt so bad for this person that they couldn't experience this moment the way they should have oh Um, no (laughs) when you guys eventually get there i'll explain it but like things like that are happening but i don't think that's platform specific yeah i just think the game has a lot of issues right now and uh well this is my issue too with this sort of thing is like I saw the complaints about Mass Effect Andromeda, like, oh, this is the glitchiest, buggiest game. And I'm like, for just first of all, based on what I'm seeing and hearing on like the internet, does that sound like that holds a candle to the issues with Cyberpunk? So like like let's have some fucking context. Like let's have some nuance to like like let's have a spectrum of outcomes that are like acceptable, not acceptable, whatever. And like I played that whole fucking game, they patched it throughout, like I got deep into the game, maybe not as deep as other people, and like I saw one glitch in my whole first playthrough. <laughs> It did not affect gameplay at all. Uh, during a cutscene, a character fucking duplicated. <laughs> Boo fucking boo. Like, you know that's I mean? an odd one. Funny. I was laughing. Like, it's like, okay, like, that, like, that's not supposed to happen. Didn't change my fucking like. Oh, oh my immersion broke for twelve seconds during a like a low stakes like we're learning about this squad mate character type of thing. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, Pe- people, like, I, you're not getting trapped in a wall or falling through the sky. Oh, no, oh, yeah. Like, I I fell I fell through the through the world a couple of times, like and had to do like a reset. And it was like a, it was a long load. No, this was a oh, that was in Andromeda. Yeah, uh, so like just just walking like along, and then I'm through the floor. <laughs> Like, when you have things like that, it's insane, it's annoying as hell, totally get it, and those break immersion, those materially affect gameplay. You know, if you're yeah. you're trying to fight an enemy, it's like, kill X amount of people in an amount of time, and one of them gets locked in a wall, and you can't shoot the person. Like, we've all run into mm. shit like that. Like, those are the things uh, we complain about. That happened to me in Far Cry 5. That was the other thing that bothered me. A guy was just inside of a rock, and I couldn't kill him. <laughs> I, I, I had zero bugs with that game. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he was yelling at me, and he was very angry. I <laughs> exploding him, but it did not work. I, uh, I I started playing John Wick Hex, which uh, mm. an interesting game. It's a very slow paced strategy game that's based off that like does not seem like, like it should be in the universe <laughs> right like so you move around this grid system kind of like if i say i want to move here it shows me how long it's going to take to do that and okay your movement stops and you run into an enemy and if the if i go to shoot the enemy it tells me like how much time i have till my shot goes off versus how much time till the enemy shot goes off and okay. if his is going to come off first, I either have to move to get behind something or maybe throw my gun at them to slow them <laughs> down. Like you need to figure cool. out these little intricacies of it to beat them in the clock and get your way to the end. And then when you get to the end, you could play it back in like real time without you stopping to try to like plan out which way you're going to go, which sounds mm-hmm. like it should be so cool. But you move around super clunky, and it plays it back super clunky. Uh, <laughs> I could I, I have videos on my my Switch. I gotta export it so I can show you. It's it's a fun game, but it just it looks real weird. John Wick Hex, yeah. super clunky. That's been shoot. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sorry. you told you told me to tell you when he's got a bad performance. Not here. Troy Baker's the bad guy. Pretty good. And um. <laughs> Winston and uh, what's the the guy's name from the hotel? The other guy, Karen. Is that his um, name? Yeah. Oh well, they're they're in the game, and it's actually them doing the voice acting. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, but I don't think John John Wick is Keanu Reeves. I feel like I haven't even heard him speak. Actually, mm. it's a, a prequel to the movies. Oh, it's interesting. You know, what we haven't heard about in a long time the Continental. Wait, who are you? Yeah, that's true. We haven't heard about that in a while. Wh- which character are, are you talking about? The Lance Reddick character, Ryan, who, right? The because he's listed. He's listed as hotel manager. Well, that, that's who I'm talking about. Oh, he has a name in in future movies. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's anyway, there's three just... people credited to this game, and it's um, the two we mentioned and Troy Baker. So I guess John Wick never speaks. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Weird. But that that's it. So uh unless anyone anyone's got something else, Anthony, you're up. Bye. <laughs>